Hello, world, and welcome to the Philanese Nash Experience podcast, a new audio series of lighthearted and sometimes third eye opening conversations on a variety of topics from the African American perspective. I am your host, Philanese Nash. Welcome. And on this episode, we are talking about a series of empowerment and execution to get you moving. And our guest today is a wonderful, wonderful woman in the area of STEM. She's an industrial engineer, an award-winning author and vision strategist who is passionate about empowering and developing and driving people to perform at their highest level of productivity. She's also an advocate for women in leadership and in the area of STEM. And she has two new books that are coming out, one called Leading with Feet, Making Intentional Steps to Live Out Your Best, which is the deluxe edition. And then the second is Roadmap to Success, Moving from the 95 Who Fail to the 5 Who Succeed. So let's give a warm Philanese Nash experience welcome to Sherelle Lands. Woo! Hey! Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. We're happy that you are on the show. So... First topic that I've been discussing with my guests since around April has been COVID and the pandemic and how you're doing during the pandemic, both professionally and personally, and any ways that you've had to pivot in either arena to kind of keep things flowing and moving. Yeah. So COVID has honestly been a blessing for us in disguise. And I say that because when when we started off the journey with COVID, I I had this experience where I was starting to kind of panic with all of the news. You're hearing about this, you're hearing about that, thinking about just everything. But for me, see, my snowball started long before COVID. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I was just dealing with a season of loss. But coming out of that, COVID, and so let me back up. As a strategist, what I do is I help people do exactly that, pivot change, identify shifts and identify the silver lining in things. And so when COVID hit, I mean, we kicked it into high gear. We were already moving that way with putting our trainings and curriculum online. And so it just kind of catapulted it. Secondly, from a professional perspective, it was an opportunity to help people who were trying to find a way through economically create the right strategic or business continuity planning. So from a business perspective, those things took place and they were, were good. From a personal perspective, again, uh, it's been a blessing just because there's been an opportunity to, to create deeper depth with family, with people who are loved or um, our loved ones. And so that's been the good side of it. We had you know, a couple of losses and that's never a good feeling, but I know that they're no longer suffering. And so you know, we celebrate their life. Well, I have truly said my condolences for your personal losses during COVID. Is We have not experienced that here, thankfully, but so many people have. And I hope that people realize that this is real and continue to take those precautions until we move to an arena where it's in the background like flu and we have a, some kind of vaccine or something that we can lean upon. So you and I just recently met. And I actually was a guest on your show with Lee Millette, uh, the Women with Grit series. And that is an 
awesome, awesome series. So we'll talk about that pretty soon. But I just wanted to ask you, you guys asked me to give a a minute or two about who I am and your background and your bio is so rich. You are involved in many, many, many things in addition to being an entrepreneur, but you're also encouraging and helping the next generation of women in STEM and young ladies come through. So just in a minute or two, just kind of tell us who is Sherelle and how did you get into engineering and the the coaching space? Yeah. So in a short blurb, Sherelle, I am a woman of God who truly believes in cultivating loved limitless leaders. And what that means to me is from, I guess from very young, it's always been about helping people live their best, give their best, be their best self. Um, I truly believe that when we're able to do that, we can do what Les Brown and even Dr. Miles Monroe says is rob the grave. And that is helping people really cultivate the space that they're in. My journey to industrial engineering is a technical, physical representation of who I am. So by that, I worked to help companies build multi-million dollar, billion dollar empires. And by doing that, that has been identifying the strategy, the resources. You say you have a vision and my mind goes to work with, okay, how do we make this come to life in the best, most effective way, cost efficient, et cetera. That's a part of the technical training. But that supports who I am, which is someone who believes in really helping people pull out the best of who they are. So I grew up in a single parent household um, in Miami. I was the black swan, meaning I was, you know, the sore thumb, the one that stuck out lanky, long, I mean, picked on the darkest in the family or whatnot. But at a very young age, I learned to just become comfortable in my skin. It took a journey, don't get me wrong. But Doing so, I recognized that if God allowed me to be who I am and experience the things that I did, that it was for a reason. Because I believe that people who, you know, like the, the, the more challenges that you face, obviously, God has confidence in, in you being able to overcome those challenges. And so for me, it's been through that, through the journey of industrial engineering, typically I've been the one and only in many settings. So I think who I was from young, finding comfort in that helped me to to do that for other organizations and, and such. And so my aim is to really help people see the blessing that they are, the gift that they are, and help to inspire them so that they can move into cultivating whatever that is. That is awesome. I, that whole perspective that you talked about and helping people jumps out off of your bio. Like I can see that all throughout. And so let's talk a little bit about what you have called the empowerment and execution series and how that kind of ties into these two new books. Cause that's what I really want to highlight today. What's the premise behind them and what are we to gain from this series and these books? Yes. So thank you for asking that. So the empowerment and execution series, the reason why I put these two together is because one, like you said, Philanese, we're coming out of COVID a lot of people are feeling burdened. It's such a, an air of heaviness, right? When you have this air of heaviness, it becomes very difficult to see a way through. And when we're really was resilient, the ability, the desire to push and charge through sometimes just requires you to get moving. 
So the first book, which is in this series, is Leading with Feet, and it's all about empowerment. In that story, I give a, an analogy of uh, myself and actually how, how it was to go through um, doing a half marathon, for example. But I truly believe that when we get out of our own way, we can help to, to push things out. And so one of the things that I always say is that our self-demise mentality cripples our ability to succeed. And what that basically means is sometimes when we kind of tell ourselves no, we don't give ourselves a real opportunity to, to really push through. So the first book is all about really helping people cultivate their gifts so that they can get moving and push. The second book is on execution. So once you've got the feel good, once you kind of come into a space where you recognize that you are worth it, that you can do it and actually move into it, people usually get stuck in the what's next or the now what. And so it's great to feel good, but I'm really big on making things happen practically and putting it in such a way that you can take steps to really see a difference, chart the difference and know that you're, you're making you know, critical steps. So putting the two together to me just felt like the right combination. Right now, we need to be motivated, inspired, and recognize that, yes, in spite of everything that's going on, that you have a purpose, you're here, you're gifted and talented, and, and the world needs what you have to give. And then the second part is this is now how you go and cultivate what you have just come into the awareness of. So when you started out talking about or kind of cultivating this series, did you have two books in mind at the forefront? Or were you only working on one and then the other one just kind of blossomed on its own? So they were not together. I will say that. I started Leading with Feet. The journey of Leading with Feet started back in 2012. And the first book was released in 2017. And Leading with Feet was, um, it was a labor of love, but it was really at a time when I needed to put it out there. And I kind of talk about that in the book. I'll give you a little bit later. but. The second book, which is based around core principles that I gained as an industrial engineer working in corporate and helping these big businesses succeed. So I said, well, you know, if I'm able to really help these organizations cultivate success, if I'm able to take and distill that information into a practical framework that people can use, how much more impactful would it be for small business owners, for entrepreneurs to actually do that? You know, both of those came together at a time when COVID was prevalent, right? And, and I was already launching the second book and I was already redoing this, the first one. And so it made sense to put the two of them together from a practical standpoint so that people are empowered, but not only are they empowered, they know how to now execute on it. What do you find are some of the troubling areas when someone is trying to get that first piece, that empowerment? What are some of the areas that you find people are can't really just get past without that extra little nudge or that coaching push? So two things. One, I feel like fear. Fear is so big, but fear and faith, you know, are both exist in that mental, emotional space. You can't touch either of them. You can't touch fear. You can't touch faith. Fear is accepting demise even before anything happens. It's assessing the possibilities and saying this will not make it because. And a lot of the times we, I feel like as an adult and as we grow, we get out of dreaming as what as kids do. And we get into the practical application of what the five senses say we can and cannot do. 
because of that, we tell ourselves no without ever giving ourselves an opportunity to even say yes. And so fear, I think, is what hinders a lot of people from even getting started or getting moving because they're like, well, what if this happens or what if that happens? And we assess all of the what ifs and say no, as opposed to but what if it flies? What if it does succeed? What if I am successful? What if I am able to manifest what God put me here for? So, and those things I think are really what really uh, minimize people's ability to, to even get going with the first step. Then the second is sometimes when you're dealing with something that's mental, it feels difficult to understand where to start. And because there's no starter in where, as say, for instance, if you're dealing with a process, you've got a finite uh, a race, right? You got a finite start and a finite end. You know when you start, you know when you end, you know where to start, you know where to end. It's difficult when you're dealing with something that is abstract to find the way of where to start and where to end. But if you're able to take the same concept as you would when you were doing a race to identify your start and end, you're able to get there faster and better. And that's what, you know, I, I help the reader through is to identify where to start, where to end and how to make it through regardless of what it is. So moving into your execution piece, how do you encourage or how do you help people structure from moving from that thought? You said now it's the now what, right? So how do, how do we get into that activation stage? I think there's first five, there's five core tenets of it. And this is kind of what we go through in the book and the actual roadmap. We take them through five core areas. The first area, now you've kind of gotten past fear. You know how to put action steps together. You're, you've gotten out of the pit and you are now ready to move into the next space. Doing the work of really understanding why that goal that objective, that reason, that rationale is important to you is so important. Unfortunately, most people don't do the work because it's difficult work, right? Um, and I always say, you know, ask yourself, we start at this place and it gets uncomfortable. I always tell my clients, listen, I ask a lot of questions. I ask questions not to be nosy, but to really help you with the realization. I'm simply there to help you, but you come about the realization of your own. And so we start with really helping them dig into why. The why is so important because it grounds you to the reason that your that goal or that objective or that purpose is so important and impactful. And that why is so important when you go through the seasons of love or those valley moments when it's very difficult and no one's there to cheer you on and you're the only person doing the grunt work and, and, and just kind of pushing through. Having that strong core connection to that why will keep you anchored to it. And that's really what you need. So once we've dealt, once we delve into the why, then we delve into sight. Having vision and knowing where you're going from a long-term perspective helps you to create intentional steps to get there. Then the roadmap becomes easy. After those two core components and those work, the work is done, then being able to develop the right structure for how you get done, being disciplined, right? Because you can have a desire, but a desire without discipline, you know, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen. You have to be disciplined in your approach, and in your goals in order to manifest them. Um, and then we take them through a couple of other core beliefs as well as it relates to making sure that they have the right frequency and cadence and things of that nature. So I get really practical so that you can really 
walk through it and, and do it. And there are exercises and there is a workbook companion. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. It sounds very detailed and this has to be recorded uh, someplace. So is there a workbook as well that goes along with the program? There is, yes. So the workbook companion is one that, and literally like what you said, it's separate from the book. You can buy the book and not the workbook and still do the work on some scratch paper, however way you best, you know, you decide you want to do so. But the actual workbook, yes, is is available to those. And I strongly suggest that you get because you're going to want to. Once you do the assessment, you're going to want to. And I'm sure it's better than taking a scratch piece of paper because it's, um, it sounds like it's guided. You know, you're guiding them down. You need to fill in these areas based on your, you know, your analysis of, of where you are. So talk to me about the title of the, uh, the subtitle of the second book where it says moving from the 95 who fail to the five who succeed. Like I looked at that multiple times and I'm like, how do we just drop that 95 and just take five? Like talk, talk to us about that. There's a lot of depth behind what that means. Okay. First layer of depth, when we talk about the system and it's the roadmap to success, the first principle talks about how 95% of organizations or businesses or people can tell you what they do. They can't tell you why they do it. They don't know the depth. Then you have 65% who actually might have a strategy in place. Most small businesses, entrepreneurs tap out after that 65% because The rest of that, they are the work on and in the business. Then there's 35% who actually have um, structure in place. And by structure, that is how work gets done, who does what, et cetera. 15% actually have systems, which leads you to 5% who are actually able to sustain. When you look at the major corporate conglomerates around the world, they're the top, the very, very top of majority of them It's only 5%, but they own a lot of the resources. They own a lot of access to wealth and capital because they've mastered this wheel. In my experience of working with major Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, as well as small businesses, this is what, how I got to the distillation of these five core principles that really help them succeed. And guess what? The information is transferable even to your personal life. So we want to move from the 95 who fail tap out at the very top down to the five who truly succeed. And it's the same thing when it comes to your mindset. It's the same thing with those who are real trailblazers. It's a small percentage who actually set the trail ablaze. The rest 98, 95 are the ones who are actually in the midst of, of the trail. But you, we, so, so the goal is to move you out of the 95 and into the five. Well, thank you for explaining that. That totally makes sense. And when you break down the statistics and it's almost as a, as a person who is thinking about going into entrepreneurship, you know, you want to encourage them to take the leap, but those stats are real. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I don't want to be in the 95. So how do I get in the, into the five? Okay. Well, first you hire Sherelle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. I'll help you with with a strategy and a roadmap. But but what you said, Felonese, is so relevant and it's real, but I don't feel that we do enough of the conversation up front before the decision is made. And unfortunately, when it doesn't happen up front, there becomes mental issues and then emotional and then psychological, then communities are affected, kids are affected. And my goal is to get ahead of that curve so that we can make the best decisions up front and go into it with open awareness. 
I totally appreciate you. And yes, preparation is the key because the devil is in the details. So, you know, that that makes all the sense in the world. Before we start wrapping up, I do want to ask about one more thing. Your quote, your bend is necessary for your bounce. What what does that mean? The bend of life. So I think everyone wants the mountaintop experience. Everyone wants to be the glory, to have all of these things, but no one wants to bend. The laws of physics show that bending is necessary before you bounce. There's opposite action before reaction. And the same thing is recognizing that in life, that there are moments where it feels uncomfortable, but that's where the depth, the character takes place. That's where that building takes place. So like you talked about the low of kind of like, we can look at COVID as an example, right? We're in this bend space where it's uncomfortable, where the world is changing, where things feel like the controls that we once had are no longer there. It's a time to identify how do we come out of this? How do we continue to move and build and grow with what we have? Change is always like that. And so the quote, as it relates to your bend is necessary for your bounce, is recognizing that when the muscles are working their most is typically when you're facing that resistance, but coming out of it, you'll be so much better. And the, and the farther you bend, the higher you bounce, as long as you choose not to break in the bend. That's the other aspect of it. And so business is the same thing. A lot of people join and jump into businesses thinking that it will immediately sail but you have to build it. You have to work at it to you know, put in the time, the hours, the grit, recognizing that it is a process. And I don't think I've ever launched a product that didn't at first. You have to make investment, investment, then you're, you go down before you eventually spring back out. The spring back does happen, but a lot of people tap out at the bottom. But they have you to help them come back to the top. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, we are getting close to the end of our time and I I definitely want to just open the floor to you and just any call to actions, how we can follow you, because I encourage everyone to follow you, your what's next. I know we have these books, but if there's any speaking engagements or any of that, you know, how can we follow you and make sure that we are tapping into what you have to offer? Thank you so much for that. So we have the weekly Women with Grit, as you mentioned, with where we celebrate the success of amazing women. We were so honored to have you, Philanise, on there. It was my pleasure. Yes. And so we still have that. People can still check that out as well online. Um, and that, that right now is on Facebook, but we also are expanding the platform to YouTube, um, the website as well. So we've got a couple of other platforms specifically for that. But you can follow me on all major social media platforms. Reach me at www.sherellands.com. Facebook is Sherelle Lands or author Sherelle Lands or my business is Vision Strategy Management. Instagram is also Sherelle Lands. Uh, LinkedIn is the same. I try to keep it consistent and to make it easy. So as far as what's next for us, I'm participating in the 5K, in the uh, Steps of Success 5K race. It is an organization to raise money and awareness for students who are at risk or going through a similar, going through transition. So you can participate to be on the Leading with Feet team. I would encourage you to do so. And that's stepsofsuccess5k.org and look for the Leading with Feet team. And then, of course, you can purchase any number of of the books. They're available only on sherellelands.com backslash store. Because if you want to get in and do the pre-order copies, I'll do autographs until just a week before the actual release, and then it'll come down. Otherwise, 
Yes, I'll keep you posted with speaking engagements. We've got a retreat coming up in October, a lot of stuff. So please be, just follow me on Sherelle Lenz and you'll be in the know. Awesome. I encourage everyone to follow Sherelle because I feel everything that you said I, makes me want to go ahead and start outlining a book or something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I'll hold you to it. Absolutely. I need, I need someone to make me accountable. Otherwise, you know, I'll fall off. So everyone, again, all of the show notes, all of Sherelle's social media handles will be in the show notes on the website. Sherelle, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Philanese Nash Experience. I know someone's going to take something away and buy a couple of books as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So... I want to make sure that everyone follows the show, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and comment. We just dropped uh, our channel on YouTube, the Philanese Nash Experience Podcast channel. So all of these audios are being recorded video. So we'll have the videos on YouTube same day that the podcast drops. Uh, follow me on social media, Philanese Nash, at all social media, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I just want to encourage everyone to make sure that you vote during this next election. It is critical. We need all of your votes. So make sure you are registered. And then during this time of COVID, I just want to encourage everyone to wear your masks, socially distance, keep those hands washed, stay safe, stay well. Peace.